0: space. Not a zingy. Yeah, you're good.
1: What's that called? Sibilance. Sibilance. Yeah. Sibilance. sibilance.
0: You ever you ever see that Tom Hanks bit about um on SNL? He plays Wayne and Garth's roadie, and he's like setting up their mics, and he's like, "Test one, two, three, sibilance, sibilance." <laughs> <laughs> I never knew what that meant until now. <laughs> I'm ready to make an investment. And don't get me wrong,
2: the Blue Yeti's been great.
1: I feel like Sennheiser uh, again. Okay, Brian knows this. I'm a brand whore. So if it's a camera, it's a Canon. If you have more money, it's an Ari Alexa, not a Red. Uh, if it's <laughs> audio, if it's a recorder, it's a sound devices. Uh, if it's a microphone, it's if you're doing field recording, it's a Sennheiser MKH-416. Or if you're doing like interior room dialogue, or if you have more money to spend, it would be a, a Sheps. Those blue shot mini
2: blue shotgun. Yeah, I saw one of those and I was like, oh... Out of my price range.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like three thousand dollars. Yeah, I was like, "What are you saying,
2: Christian?" But I'm (laughs) saying,
1: right now, with what I'm hearing through my laptop, which actually has really good
0: speakers, even though it's from 2014, you guys sound great. You guys sound like an actual podcast. I will, I I will say this: listening to like, so, um, we when we went to uh, one of Amy's friends' weddings, like apparently she she tweeted out like to all her friends, or she Instagrammed out to all her friends to listen, and he's like man y'all's podcast sounds really good and i'm like yeah like we do it through zoom and he's like what y'all y'all don't do that all in the same room like it sounds really good that's us yeah (laughs) yeah he's talking about us tonight
2: we got the old roommates we got brian and ryan but tonight's gonna be a little bit different we have a very special guest with us or a guest host with us this episode we have christian with us christian Introduce yourself to our very many listeners abroad and here in the United States.
1: My name is Christian LaHera, and I'm mainly a friend of Brian's, but I've, I've met everybody. I, I think I've
0: met, right? Yeah. No, definitely, I mean, he was at our wedding for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure I met you at the wedding. Everybody met everybody at the wedding. That's true.
2: It was a beautiful wedding, by the way. <laughs> How do you two know each other? Uh, Christian went to St. Thomas. Oh, your freshman year?
0: My freshman year. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We met our sophomore years. The guy who introduced Brian and I were was my roommate. I went to high school with him. Yeah, and I was like, ah, okay, I would like to live with your friend, not you anymore. And, then, <laughs> and that's basically how that went down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we invited Christian in because he's a big fan of this movie that we're going to do tonight. Spoiler alert, it's in the top five favorite movies for me of all time. We're going to say a very happy 35th birthday to 1986's Aliens. Aliens was directed by James Cameron. It was the second feature film. I'm gonna try this out on you guys. Aliens bursted onto the scene. <laughs> Get it bursted. Chest bursted. Chest burster. Okay. On the scene. I didn't. Of course you didn't. <laughs> Thanks, Antonio. I mean, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> uh it premiered on July 18th, 1986, bringing in $131 million
0: on guess how big of a budget? $25. And eh. 18 and a half million wow, dollars. Wow, I even undercut it. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to say a number that I'm sure is under. I cannot believe they made this movie for 18 and a half million dollars. Okay, so I'll say this. You can tell it's not super high budget, but for it to be 18 and a half seems ridiculous. Are you serious? You really think like, that? No, no, look, okay, hey, listen. Because like, I'm not going to like, and maybe it's it's also 1986. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. But like, Sigourney Weaver's coming back. Like, you figure there's some money to be had if that makes sense do you know 18th... she got paid for this no no th- th- that was my point like I, I, you would th- like you said this is james cameron's second feature film like mm-hmm. you just figure that like it just seems implausible right that 18 and a half paid for the entire movie is what i'm saying it's it's ridiculous yeah. she got paid a million dollars for this movie <laughs> so and this that 18th was 18th of the budget exactly like you think <laughs> like like
2: <laughs> this wasn't like van damme in street fighter where i was like it's 38 million. I want 8 of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that what it was? Yeah. It was, oh I was like God. I don't remember what I don't remember what the uh, budget was for Street Fighter, but he wanted 8 million dollars for that. That's for that nuts. Okay. So it brought in 131 million, but made an additional 50 million dollars in VHS sales and rentals and my personal favorite, laser
0: disc sales. Wow. Who <laughs> remembers laser discs. Like I you were like that's the next big thing. Yeah. And then it was the next big thing. And then there was a smaller thing that was even better called a DVD.
1: Well, I had an uncle who had laser disc, and it was like an event going to his house.
0: <laughs> so I never saw one. What was the quality, comparatively speaking, to a VHS? DVD. Wow. Oh, wow.
1: no shit.
2: So that's
0: wow. like, like
1: high quality 480p. So, like Whoa. the laser disc, <laughs> I
2: just remember being like a, it was like a it's bigger, like a LP. Yeah, it was like well, an, a okay. bigger LP. Yeah. The Predator 2, like when it premiered on HBO way, way back in the day, they had like a post like making the video and they were like, if you sign up for HBO, whatever, you'll get this movie on Laserdisc. And it was like a giant gold, like 45 looking thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Dad, we need that.
0: <laughs> He's like, your mom won't let us. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I already asked. She said no. It's called Life Lessons, son. <laughs> I think it's safe to
2: say, I say this in every episode, I think it's safe to say that we love this movie. Brian excluded Christian. You love this movie.
1: This movie actually defined my childhood. Sig- Sigourney Weaver is my first like childhood role model or like hero. It's why I picked up a camera as a kid to just recreate all those scenes. I loved it. Granted, the first Alien I saw was Alien Three.
2: I get that because I saw Alien. I thought Aliens was the first the movie. First one. I did. I'm pretty sure that's the order I saw it, and it was like aliens alien 3 then alien as a as a (laughs) younger kid i'm pretty sure that's that's what it was but that brings me to the question so every episode christian i ask a question yeah is aliens the greatest sequel of all time let me give you some choices (laughs) godfather 2
0: oh terminator 2 i know that's what i was thinking of when you said that the empire strikes back oh my god toy story 2 that is all. Oh, that is also good. The Dark Knight. Wow. I'm just going to
2: say it. I think it's the greatest sequel of all time.
1: I don't know, but I think you have a point. The reason why is because I don't know if you guys know if you've seen the behind the scenes Aliens. The whole I crew. Okay, so you know, the <laughs> whole crew, while they're trying to film this movie, they just kept talking shit to James Cameron. They're like, he'll never be as great as Ridley Scott, like he's trying to do a copy and he's like, this isn't, this is a different story. Right. And I think I explained this to Brian earlier. So I feel, and somebody else said, so it's not my original idea that the first movie was the introduction of the monster. So it's kind of running away, whatever. And this movie, you already know the monster. So there's no big reveal at the end, but it's more about Ripley confronting the monster that she
2: was so afraid of, you know? as you say it, it makes so much sense. I never looked at it like that. Not, and not to say that okay. I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying, but I guess what doesn't help is that alien three, the continuity is different. And and I'm sure if you, if you've seen the making of aliens, you know, the shit that David Fincher, David Fincher's basically just been like, that's, <laughs> that's not my movie. Like I refuse to talk about alien three. It was a fucking nightmare. But if we're going by what you're saying, aliens, the introduction aliens, 2 is how you confront And I guess Alien 3 would then be how I don't become the monster, like literally. (laughs) But I I've never looked at the the comparison between Alien and Alien 2 or Aliens that way. But I did. But you're right. Pinewood Studios in England is where they filmed (laughs) Aliens. Dow, if you didn't know this, they were unionized or they were a union crew. So they were entitled to like tea time and (laughs) lunch breaks. They didn't care for James Cameron. Thought he was too young, too inexperienced. So they're the same crew that
0: was on Alien then. Maybe same circle of people. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. He does know his stuff. I told you. You're right. (laughs) But I will say,
1: watching Alien 3 is my first experience to the Aliens franchise. You know, I did meet the character. Okay, so, they show the whole evac sequence. It was gripping. And I know this is about aliens, but Alien 3. But then they show Hicks died, Newt drowned, and then Bishop is inactive. But, like, Hearing about these people and knowing that there are two movies before, it's like, I want to know the, the backstory now. So actually, after I fought, first saw Alien 3, my parents were like, oh, yeah, let's rent the trilogy for you. Wait, Because it was a, just a trilogy at the time. So I remember that Friday night after last period in school, I think I was in fourth grade at the time. You know, I watched Alien. and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, you know? And then that's why that question, like, what was your first reaction when you saw Aliens? I was just like holy shit, this is like spaceships and like guns and like, you know, just like an action movie.
0: And I I guess what's even more like interesting about that is you watch them in order of probably quality.
2: (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I was 10 years old, so. Yeah. And that's the one like I was probably in that eight to 10 year old range when I watched Aliens. I can remember watching Aliens with my dad. And that's one of the reasons why it's a top five favorite movie. Like, I'm just gonna say it. It's a near perfect film for me. Yes, there is some childhood nostalgia with my dad that I just feel like we watched this so many times together. But I think looking back at it when I, as a kid, I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. The way everything looked was incredible. I know that as we've gotten older and we've seen special effects become better that you look back and you notice like, Oh, that, that doesn't look too good. Or eh, that's, that's a little, you can tell that's a miniature. Or you can tell that's, that's yeah. just that and the other, but now I have the appreciation of, can you believe that's what they were doing? Yeah, Like they're using rear projection yeah. in order to film this. Like there's two different things going on within the same frame in order to get this. Yeah. Whereas now it's just, Oh, we'll just computer grab. We'll just CGI it.
1: Well, it's kind of changing. I mean, that's a whole discussion,
2: right? All on its own. I'm sure. And I'm sure you could speak to it at length about, about, that. Well, just really quick, you
1: know the Mandalorian and how they shoot on, you know, virtual sets. Right. I'm waiting till the day, which is probably coming soon, when they're going to use that virtual set and this is going to sound really nerdy. Instead of using digital cameras, use film cameras.
2: So it's basically like it's just, everything's just cyclical coming back around. Like we're, we've gone from film to digital, back from digital now, we're going back to film because it, we can do different yeah. things, I guess, with it?
1: I mean, because in a way, um, Oblivion They didn't shoot on film, but that was the first major movie that used, I feel, virtual sets. They built the treehouse thing there, they front projected everything or rear projected. I think it was front projected. And that's how they created that environment because the set design called for glass panels and that organic reflection to be captured. And then they did again with Interstellar, you
0: know? Never seen it. Jesus. It's okay. Three percenter. Three percenter. I'm not... No, I'm just kidding. That's not why I haven't seen it. (laughs) It's not because of McConaughey, guys. Jesus, Murph. Okay. (laughs) We sidetracked. So sorry. Is it
2: the greatest sequel of all time? Yes or no? You got to answer it. Christian, go. (sighs) That's hard. That's hard. Would it be in your top three?
0: Yes. Oh, I don't know. It's hard. Oh, shit. Name them. You got to name them.
1: I will say, I think the better sequel... First in my list, better sequels first would probably Terminator Two. That's tough to beat. And then maybe Dark Knight. I'm a Nolan fan, so
2: you're a Nolan guy, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh boy, I'm was a Nolan guy. One of those. I, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. There are people out there that don't appreciate his filmmaking or the way he tells a story or how it he makes every main character a little bit of himself. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different story. We can talk about that later. What's crazy about T2 is T2 is also a James Cameron movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he outdid his own movie. The special effects to me have not aged nearly as well as maybe like Aliens. Like it looks like I, I don't I don't like the liquid metal look. I think it's looked a little different. But for me, I think it's the greatest sequel of all time down. Name name your top three.
0: Uh, T2. Copycat. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, that's fine. I like Disney movies. Yeah, I do. It wasn't a Disney movie when I liked it. Oh. <laughs> What else is on your list?
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, Godfather. Oh Oh, yeah,
0: Godfather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on now. I almost forgot The Return of the King, too. Also as well. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Helms Deep on Two Towers. I Mm. need to
1: watch that movie again. It's been a long time.
2: So Christian, you said why you love this movie. Dow, you hadn't seen this movie either in a really long time or you hadn't actually seen this movie. Which one was it?
0: Uh, I, I, I'll say this, this was probably the first time I've ever seen it in its entirety. Did it hold up? Did it, was it better than you remembered or? No. Yeah. And I, I think I, again, I think if, if you go in the, with the, the mindset of this was filmed in 1986, isn't it, it's, it's entirely impressive. I remember the, like when they first entered the colony mm-hmm. and like the tension that he built, I put that on a later point, but the tension that's being built. And it's like the slow dripping. yeah. And then you get like almost like the Blair Witch. Like you see the set, but through their lens, like what, what they're seeing Literally. on the ship, the feed. Yeah. Like the video feed. Exactly. And it has that like Blair Witch type feel to it. And you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting.
2: Well, let me ask you a question going back to that. Both of you guys answer this. Do you consider this movie an, an action movie or a horror film? I, I'll say action. Suspenseful action. I'll say that. I say action. I found it surprising to see and read that Alien was actually marketed as a science fiction horror film. Mm. Wow. And I love how James Cameron was like, I want to take the essence of that. I want to expand upon that story and change it to more like a combat feel. Like, I I want to explore that. But, uh, Brian, I got one question for you and only for you. Because I can't can't do this, Christian. I don't know him. Another major question.
1: Can I jump in if I feel sure. compelled to answer? Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Have you ever been mistaken for a man? <laughs> F- funny story about that. No, just- <laughs> that was actually, I, I had that down as like a note to ask Antonio, had he done this podcast? Cause he hates <laughs> like, he did not like this movie.
0: And I wanted yeah. to just be like, "Hey, Antonio, you've been mistaken for a man." Just 30%, 30%. I will say I was definitely carted at a the movie theater for funny people, <laughs> and I was definitely like thirty. So, does that count? <laughs> sure, that counts.
2: What makes this action movie different than most? It has a large cast. The cast is incredible. It, it, it's hard to be invested in all of the characters, but because Cameron's direction and giving the characters like the, the proper dialogue when necessary, we're invested to every single one in the cast. There's something about every single cast member in this film that I don't necessarily hate, but I like about each one. Like, the Mm -hmm. cast to me is just incredible. Mm -hmm. And for the majority of them, it's a bunch of no-names. Yeah. Like, to use Apone's deal is absolutely badasses. Sigourney Weaver makes a return from doing the first movie, does the second one, had some issues with Fox about salary. She gets away with her million dollars, and it's like fucking steal the big thing about this movie to me is the colonial marines who's your favorite colonial marine christian
1: i would say drake i he had his action cool, figure really <laughs> all i wanted was a smart gun what and a then nerd. i learned it was just like a steady cam rig and i was like oh i just want a cam rig <laughs>
2: <laughs> when i saw that in the making i was like really i could go get that and kind of make one myself at home
1: <laughs> actually last month i got training at work to use one of those and i don't want to use that thing because oh, it's, it's all in your lower back and then your back starts hurting after 15 minutes. You're so, old, dude. So I don't know how these actors do it. Holding that piece of steel prop gun, running around.
0: I guess the paycheck helps, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. If I was getting paid for that, I would do it. Dad, what about you? Honestly, for me, like, I there's nothing I love more in a movie than a good redemption arc. So for me, it was Gorman. Oh. Because I hated, like as I'm sure almost everybody, I like he was, he was a bumbling buffoon. Like I hate people that act like they need to be in their position when obviously they don't like, you know what I mean? But in the end, he redeems himself yeah. in the vents. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm a big proponent on like forgiveness and stuff. So like, as soon as he showed me that I'm like, it's, it, it's like he earned his spot on the team at that moment. He had to learn to be a leader real quick. Real quick. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, too. He was thrust in a position that he was ill prepared for.
1: Well, it's it's funny you say that, Brian, because when they first were amb- ambushed first, like he totally seized up.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. So, and he, um, he basically like if, if he would have j- just listened and been more open to suggestions, they could have salvaged more of the soldiers. Right. Yeah. But he thought he knew best all his experience came from simulation. That's mm-hmm.
2: why, and I never, I mean, I knew what a simulation was, but you can really tell that from the dialogue he has
0: with, with Ripley was like, I told him to fall back. I told him to fall back yeah. and she's in like, the "Video game it off. Works. Like, yeah, in the video game it works. Like when I tell them to fall back, they all fall back and then we all survive and right. I get a hundred percent on my simulation. Yeah. How many combat drops? <laughs> Two, yeah. including this one. And including this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> oh man. My dad to this day still says that like, Oh, oh man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is Hudson. And that's changed. When I was a kid, it was Hicks. I was like, Oh, Hicks is a badass. And Hicks <laughs> is like, you know, he'll do us both. I didn't know what that meant at the time when I was a kid. And then I was like, Oh, I get it. No, I don't want to be like that. Or I don't want to do that. <laughs> Maybe I would do that. I don't know. But Hudson was just, he had all the great one-liners. Bill Paxton just does a really, really good job of, of taking on that role and, and, Bill Paxton's story is kind of crazy. Like he was like a set director and then got in good with James Cameron did, you know, a little small spot in Terminator. And the next thing you know, he's Hudson. Then he comes out and every, you know, true lies was like one of the best, like little small performances by him. Oh my God. That's so good in that.
0: Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Think I, it's a little bit hard because I think we're all relatively within the same age group generation. If you could replace anybody or choose, to see a particular actor of the time in a particular role, or if you wanted to swap out somebody, is there anyone you would? Because there was actually one major change. James Reamer, who if you've ever seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation, <laughs> he's Raiden. Mm. Let's just say not my favorite. He was actually Hicks before
0: Michael Bean was. What? Yep. And then he's, he, wait, that's the guy in pineapple express that's the commander at the very beginning right maybe okay
2: have you ever seen too fast too furious <laughs>
0: yeah he's the okay. fbi guy yeah
2: yeah yeah, him yeah, yeah that guy is that the same guy from pineapple express yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so apparently he got in he, transporting drugs in london or got Whoa. caught with something so they fired him and then they had to replace him with michael bean which <laughs> great replacement yeah iconic role for him michael bean should have had a better care had a better career but different story Anyone you would have liked to replace? In the theatrical cut, I, I don't know. Oh, I, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So there's basically like two cuts of this film. For people who have seen this movie, basically on cable, there was the theatrical release cut, which is what you see on cable. And then there's the director's cut or the extended cut, which is about 16, 17 minutes longer. you see seen Newt's parents. Oh, um, I didn't key. see that one. Yeah, you see the like how the colonists that work for Waylon Utani, how they live there on LV-426. Um, there's that scene. There's a scene where Burke tells Ripley that her daughter has died, and it's basically they sh- he shows her a picture of the daughter, and it's 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 actually Sigourney Weaver's mom. That was pretty oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that the picture of the lady in that is Sigourney Weaver's mom. That's why there's like that major resemblance. It wasn't Sigourney Weaver. And then they kind of photoshopped her. It's like super pixelated. It's actually it's actually kind of cool the way they did that. And then there's one other deal where um, it 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 piece. There's a part of it in the theatrical cut where Hudson says we're sealing the tunnel. The reason why they're sealing the tunnel is because they put sentry guns there to kind of block off that tunnel from the aliens coming through. And there's just like some sentry guns firing. And
1: there was one scene after they dropped from the Sulaco where Hudson is talking about how badass he is. And now oh. he's talking about his badass team, and he, and he's kind of like gloating in front of Ripley. where mm-hmm. badass badasses, you know. You have yeah. nothing to worry about, or you're just like a simpleton idiot who got caught randomly drifting. That's so space. interesting. So,
0: like, listening to all that, like, like when I watched this movie, it it was long. Like, it's not a short movie, right? Yeah. So to add all that to like a theatrical release might be a bit much. But everything you said would have made the story that much more compelling. Yeah. Right. So like meeting the colonists, meeting Newt's parents, that puts faces to victims. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is important for an empathy type. You know, while you get the brashness of the Marines, that scene with Hudson would have made when he freaks out. And Sigourney Weaver basically like emotionally slaps him in the face. Yeah. And it's like, like that would have made that scene even more impactful as well.
1: Yeah. I kind of mentioned this, at least to you, Brian, that the scene when Sigourney learns that her daughter died first, she doesn't know she died. Burke's supposed to, they're supposed to go to that meeting with the company. Mm -hmm. And she first asks about her daughter and he's like, We'll talk about it later, but with the company, he's like, you need to like, you know, just remember these are a bunch of insurance people and this and that. And he's like trying to like, make her forget about it, but she asks again and he's like, okay. And then that's when he brings out that digital picture of her. And then he was like, she died two years ago. So oh. it's like even drifting through space for like 56 or 57 years. And you're just like so close to like seeing yeah. your
2: daughter. Yeah. The two it years. Was... At that point, lie to me. Tell me she died a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's like...
2: Not like, shit, two years ago?
0: Yeah, Really? I mean, and you know what? Like, honestly, like, honestly, maybe that's motivation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He feels like that might create, like, an emotional connection that might make her more likely to, like, want to go back to do something about these aliens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because obviously Burke will do whatever it takes to get yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's mad about aliens. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll get into the movie here in a second. Let's um, do a quick little Oscar talk. So, the film was nominated for seven Oscars. One, two. Nominated for Best Original Score, Editing, Sound, Art Direction, and Actress in a Leading Role. Way to go, Foxy! caved, and then Scorney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role, which was groundbreaking because you've never seen someone nominated for an action film, let alone a actress nominated for best actress in a leading role for an action movie, a science fiction action movie. It's like Like a a double, like, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, you're like triple thing, like action, female and science fiction all together. Never happened. It did win for best visual effects and it won for best sound editing effects, which it should. Yeah. The pulse rifle, smart gun, the best sounding weapons I have ever heard in my entire life. I love the way they sound.
1: Okay, so I watched the movie today. Okay. Um, and I had some thoughts about the pulse rifle sound. because it's Or the smart gun. In the 80s, I don't know if you guys know about this, that 80s sound of the drums. like yeah. It's because, I forget what band, but they were recording in the chamber. And what they were basically doing with the recorded audio was that they would kill the attack and delay of the... Snare drum hitting the reverberation. So hearing like the guns in the movie again, I'm like thinking like it's like a normal like whatever rifle that's firing, but they're changing the attack and decay of the sound. That's what has that like that weird like tubular sound. I don't know.
2: No, no, no. I I know what you're saying. it's basically like no reverb of a snare drum hit.
1: Yeah. Just back to back to back to back to back. But you, it's, you like, you hear the echo, but it decays all of a sudden. I don't
0: Ryan Ryan was also a drummer. So that probably has a little. Yeah, when you <laughs> said snare like pa- drum, I was like, it just. It, it yeah. It's off. like Pavlov's dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I feel like that's the sound designers really messing with sounds like to really think of what, you know, Star Wars, it's like laser beams in that and Star Trek too. But it's just like, this was a very unique weapon, a sci-fi weapon noise. I kind of made a note: aliens' influence on Halo, like the oh, really? Yes. look, like the the round counter on the gun. It's oh, just,
0: oh yeah, I did notice that uh, when she's when she's blowing up the the eggs. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Apon like there's an like, sergeant. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is just, true. I don't know. That's when I yeah. first saw Halo. I was like, oh, this is like aliens, a video game, and I guess the Covenant.
2: <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is exactly why I used to play with the assault rifle was because it looked exactly like the pulse rifle. And that was yeah. like one of the worst guns. It in was. <laughs> it
0: was so shitty. It's so bad. It was so bad. You had to unload an entire clip to like just get a shield down. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you remember
2: thinking the first time you saw this movie?
1: I thought it was very different because I was able to watch Alien. I was like, oh, OK, the movie. OK, trying to do stuff, trying to trap it and not blow up the ship, but then they have to blow up the ship, you know? But then I watched Aliens, it threw you into the world. It showed you, like, the corporation. It showed you the Marines, you know? And it's like, look, we're the humans. We're so technologically advanced.
2: We could, let's go into this thing and see what's going on. I thought, first time I saw this movie, I vividly remember thinking, even at a young age, why aren't all action movies like this? I didn't know what, like at the time, I'm so young that I'm just watching movies just for entertainment, but you start to notice that every movie is a little bit different. Well, why are they different? Well, they have different directors or they have different actors or they have different like I thought, well, no, you, if a movie is good enough to be written, to be made, then it has to be good. And that was not the case. Yeah. Like there are certain movies that are just a cut above the rest. And I remember thinking at a very young age, this is different. I wish all action movies were like this and they're not. Like it's the per to me, it's the perfect formula.
1: I don't know if you sense this for me, but Brian, you know, you, you talked to me about like Canon and Sony cameras and I listed, you know, Canon cameras is what I'd choose or Ari sound devices, whatever microphones. But for me as a kid, and I don't even remember getting in conversations with my friends about this, but for me, you were either in the aliens camp or the star Wars camp. So that's how like my brain divided things as a kid. And I was basically anti-star Wars as a kid. <laughs>
2: I've gotten shit for this before. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I don't get it. I don't understand it.
0: Glad I could be here, guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say this about the movie: that one thing that I noticed like when I watched this is the nuance of it all. The sound of like that, like the whatever the radar they had, mm-hmm. and it just kept going bing, bing. Like, throughout the entire thing, they're just searching and you hear bing, and they get closer, and they get closer, and, like, it builds the tension. And I just think this movie has a lot of nuance. It's literally, like, a drop, the way yeah. it
1: sounds. It, it's funny you talk about nuance because the sound of the motion tracker and the sound of the proximity tracker that Newt has, they're, like, two distinct noises. Mm-hmm. And the the motion tracker, the sound kind of, like, lingers. Where the pulse tracker, it's like a like when Ripley found the tracker at the end of the movie, and it's just that flat line, like Dee! it's like a dead person, and she's like basically is like I lost her, you know? Yeah. It's
2: I never differentiated between the two. I just noticed right that now. today. <laughs> I did I never noticed that. <laughs> Dow. Who were Christian and I in this movie? I'm gonna do all three of us. Oh shit. Mind.
0: Let's go for it. Okay. So I have Christian as, oh my god, I forgot his name. What's his, the android. Bishop? Bishop. Christian is quiet, but the depth of his knowledge and every time he does say something is extremely profound. I'm flattered, Brian. No, I'm, I, like, like when, when I was thinking through this, I was like, man, I don't know. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, yep, that's Christian. I have you as be. Hicks. My man. The reluctant... <laughs> leader
2: i fit you for sure we're gonna, after last night's conversation you're gonna be like you're fucking gorman dude you need no. to learn <laughs> no, to no, put no, no, your no. fucking
0: but in the end no, no, no. i come through no, i appreciate because you're the opposite that. gorman thinks he's too big for his boots you think your boots are too big for you
2: yeah i would totally do if someone had insulted me like the way paul reiser the way burke does he's just a grunt no offense and he's like none taken
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: and just keep yeah. doing my job and then do yeah. exactly what was suggested
0: to me but make it sound like i came up with it
2: only way to yeah. be sure
0: and then how am i anybody but a pawn? <laughs>
2: <laughs> say again uh, at the incinerator gorman's <laughs> face just like fuck no yeah Dow, yeah, great job or brian great job i appreciate Thanks. that no problem we both die in the third movie, but that's okay. But at least that's we
0: make okay. it Okay, the I, third I die in this one. So. But I am the person of color, so. <laughs> Should we get to the movie? Go for it. You got this. All right, so this
2: is not going to be funny. This is just going to be a very straightforward summary. Immediately following the events of Ridley Scott's 1979 classic Alien, Ripley's been found in deep space by a salvage ship and brought back to a space station to be awoken from her 57-year hypersleep. Here, she is mortified to find that the planet on which herself and her now-deceased Nostromo crew found the alien, LV-426, has been colonized by Weyland-Yutani Company. Suffice it to say that when the company representative Burke tells her that all contact is lost, she's not in the least bit surprised. Unable to get anyone to believe her about what happened to the Nostromo crew, Ripley is convinced to go back to LV-426 with a crack team of colonial marines to seek, destroy, or rescue. That's basically Aliens in a nutshell. Pretty kick-ass movie. Yep. So, every time after we do the summary, we always kind of run through our most important scenes. We hit... The beginning, the middle, the end. Talk about our important favorite scene. So let's start with the beginning of the movie. Christian, why don't you lead us off? What is your favorite or most important scene from the beginning of the movie?
1: My favorite scene is when she grabs the papers and she goes on that rant. And she says, and all this this bullshit that you think is so important, you could kiss all that goodbye. Mm. Because even in the theatrical cut, you could tell they're not listening to her. Because they're just trying to shut her up. Like, fine, that'll be all. Fine, that'll be all. And she just goes off. And I feel like that's her first time where she actually talks back to the authority. It shows that she's been through something and she's not being heard. And that's, I don't know, maybe as a kid appreciated that.
2: She's acting her ass off in that, in that scene. Like that's almost like a four year consideration type (laughs) scene because you see
0: that she's tired. She's worn. I'll also say this. It's extremely savvy the way she approached it because she knows, right? She cannot appeal to their humanity. So what does she appeal to? Their bottom dollar. Yeah. You can kiss all of this goodbye, all this money. And that may be the point where they decide they need to send in the Marines and fix this problem. It's very poker esque. Like they they try to trap her. They're like, mm-hmm. You're
2: saying all of this, but we've been there for 20 years and we've never encountered. So you're full of shit. Yeah. Is a is essentially what they're saying. Yeah. One thing that I appreciate about James Cameron and saying that, hey, I want to do a continuation from Ridley Scott. I love how they flash the characters from Alien in the background. They don't say anything really about them. Other she she mentions Kane, and then yeah. that's about it. But you see Tom Scarrett, you see um Dale, we were just talking about the big short. Who is the one that that Jared Bennett plays poker or blackjack with in Vegas? Harry Connick Jr. No, not Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> it's <laughs> another three. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Stanton or whatever. Okay, That's the guy. I mean, they flash him. But another thing that I like in a lot of directors, a lot of people will look past these kinds of little little details. Her hair is the same in that scene as it is at the end of Alien. And then cut to my favorite scene. She now or she still has the same haircut. But after my favorite scene, her hair changes. It's more modern. It's of the age. It's of mm-hmm. the time. Um, Yeah, what was your
0: favorite scene from the beginning? So mine was the uh, the first meal with the Marines because I felt like it really set up the disaster that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. The overconfidence, the is this just a bug mission or is this like, are we actually going to do something? You can tell that they're not taking this seriously and they feel like it's, you know, business as usual. Mm -hmm. And it just sets up like the disaster that's about to happen. And
2: once again, she doesn't feel heard. The yeah. the people from the company, the insurance people, they don't listen to her. And she's having a hard time kind of explaining and then Vasquez just says, "Look, man, I only need to know one thing, where they are." And they're all like, "Oh, you're such a badass." This, that, and the other she's like, "If one of those managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours," she snaps at him. And then Gorman goes, "Okay, right." In other words, once <laughs> yeah. again, not that big of a deal.
1: And yeah. he's like, you have it on disc to review it. Yeah. You know, it's like,
2: yeah, see the disc. <laughs> Mine is a scene that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Okay. That's Ripley's dream sequence. When she awakes in her dream and the nurse is like, Oh, you've been out of it. Kind of a thing, you know, and then all of a sudden in walks Burke, they're going over and she realizes something's just not Right. And then the fucking like baby alien sticking out of her stomach (laughs) and then Jonesy, the cat just doing the (sighs) thing noise. Oh, very horror movie esque. as a kid.
0: I would look away during that scene. (laughs) It's intense. Especially at that age, especially at that age. Well, Like
1: even when, uh, Burke is like, Oh, have some water. And she just like hits it like that. And then you see the glass break. Oh, and the nurse was like I'm sure they had to like
2: re-record all that, but it was <laughs> the slow motion of the doctors coming in and everything. It's, it, it might be like the, the, the cheesiest scene kind of out of the entire well, movie. Okay. In hindsight, maybe. But if you're watching
1: it in 1986, you're oh. like, Oh, are they killing off the main character? It makes sense. You know, right. I
0: thought she was dead. I was like, <laughs> I, she can't be dead. But I like, I was like, is she dead? <laughs> <laughs> Middle of the movie. Christian kicks off.
1: Middle of the movie, Jesus, actually, I think all of us have this. As yeah, the, we all picked the, same, the same. same. We all picked the same one. It's unanimous. Uh, first fight, which is when they go into the the reactor. They they find all the transponders there of all the colonists.
0: Yeah, that scene. I mean, I'm telling you, I I had chills. Like I was like, this is like, I mean, I'm an old guy, but I was like, I'm a little scared right now. Like. <laughs> The amount of work it took to do, like
2: if anyone ever is super bored and have nothing else to do, you think you've seen everything, go to YouTube and watch the making of aliens. It is ridiculous how they put this movie together on the budget that they had and the shit that they came up with. Like That's how what- to do things is <laughs> remarkably over my head. When all hell breaks loose, from that point on, the way, the score just kind of kicks in where it's like, this shit's getting real. And then how they have to escape onto the little, uh, onto the um, APC, not the APC. That's the drop ship.
1: No, it is armored, armored personnel carrier.
2: That entire sequence is incredible to watch yeah. each Marine for the, for the exception of the, of the last three, Apone, Drake, crow, all the other ones that we really don't, uh, we know their names that we don't really care about them all that much to see how they all, Die or killed by the aliens is incredible. And those aliens are made up of like dancers, ballerinas that are having to wear like spandex suits. They're caught in a certain light in order so that you don't see like their sh- the cables. Mm-hmm.
1: There are some scenes where you can see they reused it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: When certain aliens are, are shot and they yeah, explode in hey, the yeah. way they die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like,
1: I'm like, uh. it's fine, but I'm, I'm still on for the ride. Like, I, I get it.
2: Another scene or another part of that scene is right before was another scary scene as a kid when they lift when one of the colonists that's been cocooned they lift her head and her (laughs) eyes open up Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) no that's not even the scariest part that's what draws you in (laughs) so nancy was
1: doing some cross stitching or whatever when i was watching it today and that scene went before they lift the girl's head up. I said, Oh, this, this is a scary scene. I just had to like warn her.
0: <laughs> and then, <laughs> and it just all falls apart after that. Yeah. All right. End of the movie. Favorite scene. So I picked uh, Burke's betrayal. You knew that when she confronted him, that wasn't the end of it. Yeah. You were just unsure of how that was going to go down. And then as soon as she looks over to where she left the gun and it's <laughs> not there, you're like, oh. You're putting together the pieces that he obviously put in place and they're revealed one at a time. Mm-hmm. He moved the gun. He released the two specimens. You know what I mean? And then she she put it all together with like the um uh trying to uh like import how does he import this in without getting caught at because she's like, How are you planning on doing that? But he's like, Don't you worry. Right. You know, um, yeah. And you're just, like that whole scene. And then him even having the audacity to think that he could turn that situation around by just talking like, you're all out of your mind. You're all so paranoid like this. Like in his mind, he thought he could almost get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just being like, yeah, I did it. Like almost an unanswerable question. When they rescue Ripley
2: and Ripley explains everything, and then they're like, all right, we waste him
0: before the lights go out do you really think they were gonna kill him yes i mean the only reason why not is because at that point ripley is now in charge for all intents and purposes it's true and maybe that that um argument from her is enough to sway them but like without that pull absolutely he gets shot like he endangered the entire crew not just them
1: and he still didn't own up to it
0: exactly (laughs) listen to what you're saying yeah yeah, it's paranoid delusion That's that's like such sociopathic, like, it's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, sociopathic, like mentality, like, like, look at you. <laughs> Don't look at me. Look at you. <laughs> You're crazy.
2: Christian, and I have the same one. <laughs> the first time I saw it and as a kid
1: growing up, it was a power loader. Like, I feel like every all of us wanted a power loader as a kid. I mean, we still do. I mean, look at uh, what's that cartoon? Exo Squad. Look at Avatar. The James Cameron still has a thing.
0: Like community did a spoof on that for a Halloween episode where, <laughs> where Troy and he's like, this isn't working. Like he <laughs> believed in his heart of hearts that him as a cardboard power loader would be able to like, cause I've seen it <laughs> like I've seen it work.
1: <laughs> uh, watching it now, it's the queen's intro because they hint to it throughout the whole movie. And it's the big reveal. And it's like, okay, you know that there's this thing like eggs. So throughout, even the first movie you're like what's laying these eggs and once you finally see like the visual anatomy of it it's Mm -hmm. like gross and i've been stung by wasps like three or four times in my life so i hate wasps so you know the similarities between like the ant wasp or the queen aspect it was like that would be like my biggest fears realized you know (laughs) like an alien the size of like the house laying eggs you know
2: when they were writing, when James Cameron was writing this movie, he's like, I'm going to do some state of the art effects work, but we need one more thing. Let's throw that power loader you saw at the beginning. That's what's going to fight the fucking queen. I'm going <laughs> to the only thing. That's the only, the only thing that can. Yeah. Let's bring that in. Let's <laughs> or even, do
1: it. Even if he'd take it back more, he'll be like, remember a Terminator? I'm going to put someone inside a Terminator. Right. <laughs> it's like. I don't know, because I feel like watching that even as a kid, even as an adult, it does make your brain work. Like, especially now, it's like we do have a technology to do it. It's feasible. It can be done. And it I guess it harkens to the community episode. It's like
2: yeah. I've seen
0: it work. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen it work. How why is this not work? This isn't working. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is where we go into like the deeper plot discussion. We talk about some things that um that deal within the movie. So one of the things I, I wanted we talked about a little bit was just just how kick ass the guns were. But if you had to choose, you could have one of them a pulse rifle or a smart gun. Which one would you have? Dow or a flamethrower?
0: Yeah, because that's the one that you get to really see do some stuff. <laughs> I feel like, and like that's what I remember from watching snippets as a kid was a flamethrower. And I think it's also because like a flamethrower was real. In, in our realm of existence. Like, you know what I mean? That's really freaking cool. Christian, which one do you have?
1: I'd have the smart gun.
0: <laughs>
1: that was my dream. Like, I wanted that, to hold that thing on the side.
2: <laughs> I have to go with a pulse rifle. There's something, I know as, as elementary as it sounds, there's something about that counter counting down that's, like, iconic to me.
1: Well, we have a whole squad here then.
2: <laughs> Fucking ready. <laughs> I do like the callback that Michael Bean does to his character in Terminator when he pulls out the shotgun. Because it is because Kyle Reese's like main weapon in that it was a like a sawed-off kind of shotgun. And then uh-huh. when he tells him to pick up all the ammunition, he throws it over. He picks it up from over his shoulder and he goes for close encounters. I just yep. I thought that was a pretty good little callback to
1: Do you think that was a hit
2: to Spielberg? It's like these aren't the aliens that you guys are used to. You know? I think so. I like that. <laughs> Dal's like, what? Yeah, I don't know, but that's cool. <laughs> is is having a chest pressure come out of your chest the shittiest way to go in life? Name a shittier way to die.
0: I'll tell you this.
2: Not real. Like I'm to get super <laughs> no, 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 deep. No, 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 I have a friend who was, dec- I'm just like, it's kind of a there's, joke, but at the same time.
0: <laughs> the worst types of ways to go are the slow ways to go. The colonist was alive and knew exactly what was about to happen. That's why she looked at him in the eyes and said, kill me. It's almost like you can do something, but there's nothing you can do at that point. Yeah. And those are just the worst ways to go. Like sudden, like any type of like sudden death is like, I mean, I want like, I don't want to undercut it, but like almost painless because it just it just happens. Right. This is like you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and you know what's going to happen and you're just thinking and thinking and waiting and then it happens. You know what I mean? But the yeah. anticipation is so unbearable, I would say. And then of course, the most
2: inopportune time is when it happens. Of course, James Cameron,
0: underrated, overrated, properly rated as a director. <laughs> well, we we'll look at Christian. Christian's face is in turmoil right now.
1: No, no, no. Uh, I think he's properly rated.
0: Um what would you say his rating is? One of the greatest of all time?
1: I don't know. I I think he's one of the most influential. Um Ooh. I think I think he's made solid movies. And for that reason I still know why I don't list him as one of my favorite directors, you know, cuz he made mm. he made Terminator, he made Aliens. Wait, you um, do
2: or you don't list him as one of your favorite.
1: I don't. I mean <laughs> Okay, he's up there, but I don't know why I like because for Nolan so much. But Tenet is a whole other discussion. (laughs) But But like his contributions to the industry, technically, and even stories, like he's done a love story in the Titanic. He did a mostly CG movie called Avatar. I was like, okay, that's that's a pretty good run. Like I I do want to see how... His other movies are gonna are gonna come out, or how they're how they're gonna pan out. But like he hasn't really made a dud. And I could name maybe one or two movies that Nolan has made that I feel are duds. Name them. Uh, Memento. <gasps> oh no! Wait, hold on, hold on.